Hello and a very happy Tuesday to you, Butt Thwomp Nation. It is one of those weird months that has a fifth Tuesday in it, and if you are a patron of Debate This, then no worries. You get a new episode of The Office Drones today, and it should be in your Patreon feed soon, if it is not there already. However, for the rest of you, we wanted to find something to fill this fifth week of January, and what we decided to do was re-release an old show that was originally released exclusively to our Patreon. If you are new to the Debate This family, you might not have known that last summer, over on our Patreon feed, we held an event called the Summer O-Pilots, where we auditioned four new Patreon shows, one of which will be selected by our patrons to take the place of our real play D&D show, The Office Drones, which is coming to its thrilling conclusion later this year. Now, in August of 2022, we released to the DT main feed a DLC episode called The Summer O' Pilots Clip Show, which involved clips of the first three pilots that we released as part of The Summer O' Pilots. Unfortunately, when that clip show was released, Todd had not yet hosted his pilot, and so it wasn't able to be included. Well, today, I am proud to bring you to the DT main feed for the first time ever, the fourth show of our Summer O Pilots, hosted by our very own Todd Thomas, called Comic Books and Cold Brew Comic Book Book Club. And I will not spoil the bit of that name for you. So that is what you are about to hear today. It is a slightly edited, slightly abridged version of Todd's Summer O'Pilot submission. If you would like to hear the full version, it is still available on our Patreon feed right now at patreon.com slash debate this cast. And if you like this or you liked the last Summer O'Pilot's clip show, which I will link down in the description for you, and you are interested in getting yourself some more Debate This content, we would love it if you joined us over at, again, patreon.com slash debatethiscast. Here in a few short weeks, our patrons will be receiving a poll to vote on which of these four Summer O'Pilot shows should be continued in perpetuity or at least until we get bored of it and decide to replace it with something else. So if you would like to cast your vote, I will say it one more time. Visit us at patreon.com slash debate this cast. Hey, if you didn't know, you could also go to debatethiscast.com, our website, and click on support the show. That's all I have for you today. Without further ado, I will turn it over to us from the past. And by us, I mean our intro. And by the past, I mean Todd. Here it is. Comic Books and Cold Brew, the Comic Book Book Club. Well, I'm going to talk about eco-terrorism. Got too excited about jorts. I'm leaving now with my Roomba or your blood on my hands. I'm back. Back on my bullshit. What is meme if not air horn persevering? No, this is this is not a family show. And I quote, many American titties. Why'd you have to bring Dane Cook to this, Andrew? No one wanted that. Oh, you guys are not ready for what I've got today. And I've apparently hit the very end of my attention span. Give me like 30 seconds. I'm looking for rhymes. Hello, and welcome to the final month of what we're calling the Summer O-Pilots. Like a very specific daytime advertisement, 
This series aims to offer you something that you may not have known you wanted, but now you know it exists and you are starting to convince yourself that you cannot live without it. Today this we're talking series... about Fortnite. <laughs> God. God. No, we're not. Oh, eight seconds into the recording. Didn't we are decidedly not talking about Fortnite. <laughs> um, well, this series has also been our opportunity to develop some lab-grown experimental content for the DT exclamation point premium feed. As Marvis and Marvis Worldwide careens towards a mid-2000s Enron-esque ending, we're giving some new ideas a spin to see what should fill the slot next. Was that a reference? Good. Was that good for anyone? Like a business implodes because of its dealings? Mm. Is that good? I got mm. it now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. okay. Anyway, with Andrew, Kyle, and Matt passing out hot servings of shove it in your ear holes, deconstructed, and sausage casings respectively, it has left me with a near impossible bar to clear. Luckily for me, the only affirmation I seek nowadays are of my superiors at work and internet strangers, so I'm prepared to give it my all here today. I pitched an idea last year to the other good good pod boys of an idea where we would discuss comic issues and stories in a light and fun way while drinking. For the listeners, think of this as like drunk history but with comics. Also it's very different from our actual show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, as great of an idea as this was, we typically record these episodes, one, during the week, and two, around 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> so we all kind of agreed that, like, no one is looking to get sauced on a Monday at 7 p.m. So, like, that kind of put the whole idea on the back burner. We are, now, not, we are not professional actors, like, filling a gap in, in mm -hmm. roles we've taken. We are working adults who have to go to work tomorrow. And Yeah. And also yeah. not trained improv comics. And not, <laughs> At least 75% of us, that is. Right. So now in the year of our Lord 2022, we're taking a stab at that idea, but keeping things on the rails. Today, we'll be talking about the 2008 run of Marvel's Secret Invasion, specifically that first issue or so, as we lightly enjoy cold drinks in a reasonable amount. So joining me today around my coffee table is Andrew using spark notes and hoping the teacher is very old, Henderson. Kyle, not making eye contact with the teacher so they don't call on him, Harper. And Matt, Googled the book, and it's in God's hands now, Cole. <laughs> that is um, my specialty, in yeah, fact. These are all very accurate. Yeah. I Actually, I will say that, uh, that that presented two ways when I was in school. Either I read the book the day it was assigned in mm -hmm. other classes, or I... Never heard of the book before the day the before the day right. of the test, and and am wildly confused. These Those are were, all these are certainly top three like top tier strategies to not get in trouble when you didn't read the book at school. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. since we've saved a comfy chair for you, the listener, so I invite you to take your shoes off, grab a snack cake, and be sure to put down a coaster as you join us for this month's show, which I have titled. Comic Books and Cold Brews, colon, the Comic Book Book Club, or CBCB, colon, CBBC. <laughs> All right. Good. All right. I like it. Is that Good. anything for anyone? I'm in. You pass. I'm in. I thought that was fun. <laughs> so, as I mentioned, today we have two goals, and that is to do a bit of a review slash discussion of Marvel's 2008 Secret Invasion, specifically issue one-ish to give you all a taste of what's going on. And the other goal is to just enjoy a cold Bev. If you're not into those sort of things, or you secretly despise the concept of reading, or you just hate places that pass out books free as a service to their community. That's, that's you, Matt. 
Because you hate libraries. We can't, we're not allowed to make that joke anymore. Matt's, oh, Matt's a registered socialist. We're not allowed to make that joke anymore. <laughs> it's against his religion. I'm not going to lie. I fully tuned out everything that just happened. So you got one for free, but I'm still right. pissed. So let's get into this. All good book clubs start with each person going around in a circle to share their initial thoughts about the book that they read. And also typically spiraling into some deeply troubling fam- familial issue that they are relieved to get to escape from for the evening, or so I imagine in my head. We'll still do that first part and have you share your initial takes on the beginning of this run of 2008 Secret Invasion. But then instead of like dumping your family drama to us in the circle, I'll have you share what is the ice cold drink of choice that you're you're enjoying on this podcast this evening? I would like to, sh- to answer the first part of that question with my first note, and I'm just going to read verbatim. <clears throat> There is a man with a cowboy hat in the middle of the sword base. Why? (laughs) 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 And my answer to the second part of that is, uh, unfortunately, I don't have an ice cold brew because my only beers at the house are non-alcoholic. Shout out to Athletic Brewing. They are fantastic. Uh, This is, I poured myself a little uh, Elijah Craig small batch uh, 1789, and it is delightful. We don't discriminate on cold bevs. They can be brews or not brews. Hot brevs, real problem. Hot toddy's not welcome. Yeah. There's only there's only room for one hot toddy on this podcast. <laughs> 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 um, so Andrew brought up uh, Dum Dum Dugan, uh, mm-hmm. who you may, you the listener, if you're only, you know, taking in MCU content, uh, a howling commando, I believe. Um, is that correct, Matt? He's one of the commandos? Yes. Yeah. I yeah. believe so. But in this, he's, uh, he's in space wearing a cowboy hat. He's just in or space so wearing a cowboy hat. He's still, he's still a Howling Commando in this. Right. The Howling Commandos just made it to space. <laughs> it is comical that he is wearing a cowboy hat and seems very out of <laughs> place very in this very yeah. important sword base. Yeah. I, I said before we started recording, and I was like, reading this felt like I was tuning in to a mid-season, season five episode of The X-Files. and was like... I don't know who any of these people are. I don't know what they're talking about, but I am entertained. <laughs> but it mm-hmm. is fun. Yep. So I'll I'll go. My observation on the comic first is, is um, seems like comics were still objectifying its female characters in 2008. That was are what I know? picked up on. Um, and then my ice cold drink of the evening is the last Corona. That was in a six pack that I bought a month and a half month and a half ago that has been bouncing around my fridge for that long. That's so. I'm surprised that last Corona only lasted that long. Usually the last Corona goes down swinging. It, it lives in the <laughs> fridge for a real well, long time. It depends if you have a garage fridge or not, because Corona is yeah. big garage fridge beer. That's it, true. That's yeah, that's true. If there's one thing that we can agree on today, it's that Corona is a big garage fridge beer. Corona's belong in the garage. <laughs> all right matt you're up yeah um i had kind of a similar feeling to andrew in the sense of like i feel like i am tuning in at a point where i am supposed to know what's going on Mm -hmm. which you know at the end of the day is sort of the bag with comics and i didn't feel as though i missed out on the things that necessarily happened in this book because i didn't know everything leading up to it um, and yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's cool. Like the, it's cool to see what characters were doing what in 2008, mm-hmm. knowing what was about to be done to those characters in the next 15 years. 
Uh, and I, I thought that was pretty interesting. My cold beverage tonight is this Dr. Pepper and cream soda that I bought <laughs> at the Dollar General. Has there, has there ever been a better version of Dr. Pepper than when it's Dr. Pepper and cream or Dr. Pepper vanilla? Like that is prime. it's the best. That's, that's that's S tier Dr. Pepper, in my opinion. Yeah, really. Like <laughs> Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper is a nitro away from taking over the world. Like if if I've had the nitro Coca-Cola and it's pretty OK or the nitro Pepsi, I think it was. But I want nitro. If Dr. there was Pepper. a nitro Dr. Pepper. This is a Dr. Pepper podcast now. Tom. I would, we're hijacking hey, I, your I mean, podcast. And I'm not against it. That we're was ranking the, all variations of Dr. Pepper. They're all name, name five. Well, that would make it the CBCB colon CBBC colon DPP, the yep. Dr. Pepper podcast. I love this. I yeah. love Also, I can really <laughs> easily name five Dr. Peppers if if you need that to happen. I don't I don't need that. We'll, okay. we'll leave that for the for the cut at the end. Um so yeah, I'll also I'll agree with everything that you all said, Kyle. I'm glad that you said it because I didn't make a note of it later. Uh 2008 was still a time when the panels of just superhero woman rear end was Just rear end might, of cleavage yeah. might as well yeah. have been 3d yeah. a lot um, of there's yeah a lot of butts um and some I, boobs actually some boobs yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, uh that part aside i also really enjoyed what i read so um shared prior to reading i actually finished the whole run so we're gonna keep this pretty spoiler free except for that first issue um but I really enjoyed what we did, and I share the the thoughts that the others had. Um, and my beverage of choice today is a good friend of mine uh, left some land grant beers here, land grant Columbus, Ohio brewery, and so I'm drinking a spring quarter Belgian blonde with local honey. So that's just Ooh. a little fun thing that I'm doing. I thought so, it was gonna be. I thought I was gonna be the good friend, and you were gonna be drinking something from a Blue Moon variety pack. No, no, it's not a Blue Moon <laughs> variety pack or a Natter Day or an alcohol free Heineken. Which is oh, like, that's not me. Don't you put that, that you on me, Ricky Bobby. That was actually <laughs> the good, the good men and women at BW3s. The <laughs> they couldn't Wobbly. sell them. They gave them free. Anyway, not the point. Uh, so, um, we had talked briefly about how this kind of drops you into a story without a lot of lead up. So I, I purposely put some in here, and and just to share with you, the listeners, how this all starts. Um, the the whole run, 2008 Secret Invasion. It is a standalone series. Um, though there are a lot of tie-in uh, issues that I did not read and I could not wrap my mind around trying to do that for this podcast. To set a stage, Secret Invasion happened after Marvel's Civil War, the first Civil War. And so we enter into Secret Invasion with Tony Stark as the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. because his side more or less won. The registration side won. And you might say, well, how did it win? Well, at the end of Civil War, Captain America is shot and is killed. On the Oops. steps of oh. Congress, I think. Yeah. Um, oh, damn. Hey, spoiler alert. He's shot with a time bullet. He doesn't really die. And that's a real thing that happens. I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. Well, because no, he comes don't. back. He comes like, back. Spoiler, yeah. He comes back in this, yeah. in this arc. Yeah. 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 Which yeah. I also have as a what the fuck. Why yeah. was Captain America dead and why is well, he no longer dead? But you're getting there, so I'm going to yeah, shut up. Time, time bullet. <laughs> time shot with a time bullet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, comics are silly. And, and so some other things. Since there's a whole side of the superheroes that didn't want to do the registration and we had to like move past that, this was kind of the catalyst, the story, to say, well, Civil War happened and like some people did some things that aren't very cool and we need to like 
distance ourselves from that. And also, we don't want the superhero registration to be a thing forever. So since it currently <laughs> We don't is... want to take the time to resolve this storyline yeah, we've spent right. two so, years telling. So let's just not. <laughs> body snatching alien invasions, you got it. And so half of the superheroes, the Avengers, are in an underground resistance. They're the secret Avengers. Um, also, importantly, Thor is off world during all of this. So in Civil War, I think that's the plot where Reed Richards and Tony Stark make a fake Thor, like a yeah, fake robotic. They Thor. make a they make a clone, ro- a robot clone Thor. It's like half. They robot, name it Ragnarok, half, I think. Yeah, half robot, half huh. clone named Ragnarok. It gets absolutely wiped by Goliath. Uh, I think no. I think right? it, I think it kills Goliath, and then Thor shows up and kills it. So yes, they're the real villains of the story, is what you're saying. Tony Stark <laughs> did some real shitty stuff in Civil War, which is why we get somewhat of a like chopping him down at the knees and, and mm-hmm. potentially a redemption in this. So Thor is not here, and um, the last catalyst to this all is that Galactus had destroyed what they refer to as the Scroll Throne World. So the scrolls mm-hmm. are like without. A world they've uh, all been scattered okay okay yeah um so this basically sets up this perfect setting for the scroll to attack what is in fact a vulnerable earth 616 and and so talking about all this stuff you don't get all this context immediately when you start reading sure don't but, but no but you, you get it i mean you get it bit by bit when it's when thor's like i'm back but remember i'd said i'd never work with you again stark i'm only here because the world needs me or when Captain America, spoiler, shows up, they're like, we thought you were dead. He's like, I'm not. And then later they're like time bullets. Uh, but the things that we do get are in the first three pages, we get a run, we get kind of the setup of exactly what's going on, at least to start. The first page says that the scrolls, they're discussing like their world being destroyed. So, you know, they're lost and looking for revenge. Um, page two is a super cool close up of Iron Man, giving you the whole rundown of telling us that well and also hank pym and reed richards is what we find out that there is a threat of aliens hiding among us and they're like well how do you know that and the third page is a full cut page of a dead scroll wearing electra's outfit and they're like we found this in japan it's a but a a scroll yeah but a scroll so my my question now that i've given you all of that is that what did you think of the setup to this story and the overall premise of secret invasion from what you are given I'll start. So, I mean, again, I think the thing I struggled with the most, especially in like the first half of issue one, was I didn't have the two bullets that, hey, this comes after Civil War and also Galactus destroyed the Skrull homeworld. I think if I had those just like up front, I would have been like, okay, I'm I'm there. Mm-hmm. Did not have those. I had to remind myself of a lot of things, most notably that the Skrulls are bad in the comic universe and they're not bad in the MCU. yeah. Which, like, fine. I, I, Again, I knew that. I, as a person, knew that. The thing that I struggled with the most is actually totally on me, but I was like, oh, um, okay, Iron Man, and, and there's a, a rift between Iron Man and, like, Luke Cage, Wolverine, Spider-Man. I knew about the Secret Avengers. I knew that name. I knew the Mighty Avengers. I was like, oh, this is probably because of Civil War. But didn't Civil War happen in 2015? You might be asking yourself, Andrew, why would you say that? Because but Captain also, America yes. Civil War was in 20, 2015. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, so, no, you're, yeah. And then there was also Marvel's... Secret War. Well, Marvel's comics also did a Civil War 2 with mm-hmm. Carol Danvers and Tony Stark. I was not thinking of that, but yes. Oh, yeah, it's a different one. Civil War 2, Civil War. 
I got there, but for a long time I was like, but this is 10 years before Civil War. That doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. Maybe right. it's after House of M, because that's the only other, like, you know. <laughs> the only other big arc, you know. So it is it is after House of M as well. Yeah, because they they reference something about Wanda and mm-hmm. because the two because um Wiccan and whatchamacallit are there. Speed. Yeah. Speed, thank you. Yeah, so like I, after I caught in the caught into that, the w- thing I will say is Man, all the teams are here. <laughs> yep, this is, yep a, this is it's a real Smash Ultimate. Mm-hmm. We got we got I have in my notes here. Oh look, honey, it's the stars of Avenge This, the Thunderbolts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yep. In addition to the Young Avengers, the Mighty Avengers, the Secret mm-hmm. Avengers, the West Coast Avengers, we've got mm-hmm. the Thunderbolts. We just don't have the Dark Avengers. Like we've got all the flavors here. We got Oops All Avengers, baby. Hey, do you want to know? Do you want to know what this series leads to, Andrew? Is it the Dark Avengers? Is it the Dark Avengers? The I Dark Avengers con- haven't been formed yet. I can neither confirm nor deny. Yeah. yeah. Kyle, what do you what do you think? So the setup, um, like a lot, like diving into a lot of Marvel's arcs, the setup leaves a bit to be desired because it assumes that you have been keeping up with Marvel comics the whole time and didn't just, like, dive into this premise cold like we all did. Um, Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, you spelling out, this is right after Civil War and all the teams are mad at each other and that all helps because uh, Marvel doesn't ever retcon the comics or Mm -hmm. they don't ever reboot the comics. It's just a sliding scale of events that have been tracked for the last 70 years all acting like they happened in the last 15. Yeah. One thing I, I definitely noted, it was really jarring to see Janet Van Dyne and Hank Pym with everybody else because yes. I thought they were in the previous generation. But again, it's hard for me. Like I, I have lost the ability to separate the MCU from the comic from canon. comics. Yeah. Well, and this is, this is even when Hank Pym has reinvented himself as yellow jacket. He's not yeah. even calling himself Ant-Man anymore. He's yeah. calling himself yellow, yellow jacket. jacket now. Yeah. But the premise was great, like aliens posing as Avengers to spark this like Cold War invasion that isn't mm-hmm. uh, that turns into a hot war invasion um, is very cool. I liked that a lot. I liked the I read three issues of this, so a whole other Avengers team shows up and there's a Avengers on Avengers like uh, it's a a 70s Avengers versus 2008 mm-hmm. yeah. Avengers fight and I enjoyed that a whole lot. Um yeah, it was I like the premise of the the run, but the yeah, the setup leaves a bit to be desired as Which is always to, the case. To comment on that, what's a really funny thing that happens at, at that point, I forget what issue that is, 2 or 3. There's a point where I, I, the whole bit is like this is a spy thriller, like you can't trust anyone, which yeah. is Antithetical to how except the in a dinosaur work. planet, except there's a dinosaur a, planet on a dinosaur <laughs> island. Yeah, we've talked gotta, about the this, Savage Land on this podcast like three separate times. Yeah, the Savage Lands is a space in Antarctica. I know that the Savage Land exists because I know X Men canon, but it's still a buck wild thing to be like, hey, let's go to the dinosaur country and fight. Well, <laughs> so when they're in the dinosaur country, in one of the later episodes, is a really fun moment where Black Widow is guarding a door while Tony Stark is trying to get his life together. And he's like, what are you going to do? She's like, I'm going to shoot anyone that comes through that door is what I'm going to do. And he's like, well, what if they're not a scroll? He's like, if I shoot them and they bleed green, they're a scroll and that's fine. If I shoot them and their blood's not green, 
they're a superhero and they'll also be fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's just this really cool moment. You're like, oh yeah, bullets. Bullets will save us. Bullets are, uh, are bullets exist in this continuity, which is mm-hmm. different than the MCU. Right. I also had the thought of, man, I wonder if the Savage Lands will ever make it into the MCU because that's like a br- that feels like a bridge too far for me. It's a little and- too silly. Well, yeah. we got that brief glimpse of dinosaurs in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness where they flipped through one of the worlds and there's a T-Rex in the background just going. So, yeah, <laughs> who's true, yeah. true. So I guess to be the devil's advocate, I'll, I'll be yes. I'll be the annoying ant to be the this. devil's dinosaur, <laughs> to be the devil's dinosaur. That was so good. I'll be the annoying ant in this family book club. Um mm-hmm. I felt like the setup for this was like really all that I needed, you know, because I think that that is kind of the inherent barrier of the genre of comic books, right? Like Mm -hmm. comic books exist in perpetuity. Comic books have object permanence, whether you pay attention to them or not. Comic (laughs) books continue to comic book. And (laughs) so to read any individual comic book like it's never going to have everything in it. I mean, I picked up a new Ghost Rider Infinity comic the other day through Marvel Unlimited that like is a goddamn Ghost Rider comic and I did an episode about it and it's a totally new comic series and I still didn't know like who half the characters were in the first book. Like who the shit right. are all these people? You know, and I I think that kind of the inherent hook of comics is like you know you read that first book and you're like wow how did you get here like how what happened and it encourages you to go back and figure it out yourself i will also say that like because i am who i am i will never ever in my life read more than what is assigned to me you're lucky i read what was assigned to me so i didn't read past the first book uh because i didn't know we were supposed to Mm -hmm. um (laughs) And so I, like I said, kind of in the beginning and my opening thoughts, I felt like by the end of this book, I understood the few things that I needed to understand about what's happening in the world right now, you know, is like Tony Stark's working with the big organizations. There's a group of Avengers with Luke Cage and Spider-Man who can't, and we're going to Savage Land because reasons, you know, and like also here's a gratuitous shot of a naked scroll with huge electro boobs. That was weird. I didn't like that very much. That was Um, weird. But yeah, I didn't feel like I needed that much more going in. I think also I know myself as a comic book reader to know that I don't know all of the history. So like, yeah, I mean, half the characters in these big lineup shots, I was like, I have no idea who that is. I have no idea. It'll take me six books to figure out who that is. The thing I... I, I did like that um, this happened in issue two. When you get the to the big lineup shots in issue yeah. two, it does flag some of the like less mm-hmm. immediately recognizable characters for and you. It tells you who's a scroll. And it, it tells you it who's tells a, you you get a green yeah. border on who's a scroll in the little faces. Yeah, I like, I like Ooh, that. Um, that's cool. But what these didn't do that I remember from reading DC Comics will do the same, like throw you into the to the deep end of the pool, but it will flag things like it'll flag references that characters make to past issues and be like, hmm. hey, this is a reference to like issue one thirty two. 
in case you want to know what they're talking about. We're not going to explain it, but like that's the reference. Do older Fantastic Four comics do that? Because X Men comics definitely like I because I I read it. I got I went on a big like old school X Men bender. Like I read the whole like nineteen seventy five run. And um, like year, like two years ago, and they do that. And Stanley used to have little footnotes and was like, "Dear reader, like go read issue volume." Da, 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 oh, they might on this. They might, and this is like early two thousands era that I'm thinking of DC doing it. So it might have just okay. been a thing like both did and phased out. But they would like yeah. yeah chunk in some exposition that like if you wanted to read it would give you a little more insight. But if you didn't want to, if you saw that text and you're like that's too bad or congratulations i'm not reading that you could keep going and be fine like like matt in this like it it existed for that purpose yeah i know um rise of the midnight suns the 90s arc does a lot of that because a lot of those are first books and so it's a lot of like hey this is night stalkers number one who are the night stalkers read these issues right and figure it out and i will say i mean like definitely this book did not have a lot of direction like that. I mean, there was not a lot of where the, I definitely could have stood from a flash cut to a newsreel that says that the civil war is over. Captain America's right. dead. And Tony Stark has signed the accords. That's, or, you know, that's all I needed. Right. Yeah. Right. And I, I would agree with, I think more with what Matt said that once you got far enough through, they filled in some of the context, but I had to go, myself and do some research to be like when did civil war happen because it feels like if captain america is dead here then it was probably prior to this and it was especially because i know this exists as an omni book too like an omni book is Mm -hmm. out there so someone has written a foreword and a setup for it like yeah it would have been cool for marvel unlimited to like slap a paragraph at the top of like and now that you say that i wonder if it's just a symptom of us having read the individual volumes that are versions that are on Marvel Unlimited versus yeah. like I wonder what it looks like if you would have got the complete graphic the novel. Book. I bet yes. you probably would have gotten yeah. that. You're, that you're exactly that's what right. I'm saying. Is yeah. like someone could have someone could have cut and pasted that page from the so, the graphic really novel. Actually, this brings up a funny story that I'd like to tell you guys. Um, Manscaped sent us all the performance package 4.0, which was very cool of them and included a lawnmower 4.0, which was awesome. However, I did already have a lawnmower 3.0, which I had been using upon my giblets for an extended period of time. Mm -hmm. And typically I go to the barber, they do my undercut, they cut my hair, they trim my beard, they don't trim my balls, that's a me thing, but they do the whole Mm -hmm. Situation that would be wild. <laughs> like a barber hey, a for your balls. For you. You're gonna tell me that doesn't exist somewhere. Oh, that yeah. exists oh somewhere. no, it super exists yeah. somewhere. Anyway, I don't always have time to go to the barber. And when I was still looking for a job and doing a bunch of job interviews, I had a job interview come up and I didn't have time to get a haircut. And so my wonderful girlfriend Maddie offered to trim my undercut for me. And I was like, Yeah, great. That would be awesome. You can use my beard trimmer to shave my undercut, which went really well. And then she went in front of me to brush out the razor that she had used. And I was like, wait, that doesn't look like my beard trimmer. (laughs) You used the trimmer for my head, right? And not the trimmer for my balls, right? Uh, And the answer to that right was wrong. And that was when I used a ball trimmer on my head and it worked. Yeah. 
Not that Manscaped's telling us to do that. Not telling us no, to do that. No, no. you could. It's not a recommended use. It would be called an off-label use, I think. Be an off-label you could, in fact, use. do oh, that. It, yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know. We don't. Did they send us any warranty information? Does it? No, we, we are not encouraging that. any off-label <laughs> use. We are, however, encouraging that you get 20% off and free shipping with the code debate this, all one word, at manscaped.com. That is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code word debate this, all one word. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped, not off-label uses of their products. I will say, for what it's worth, they did just release recently a beard trimmer that I have ordered. It is on its way, and I look forward to telling you how it goes, which would not be awfully. That would be use. a more appropriate, be uh, appropriate tool to use for F- that, that would particular be FDA job. approved utilization of that product. Yes, I think we should end this ad. The <laughs> trimmings catching newspaper that we all got as well. I found that after Todd pointed that out that 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 was the purpose of it, and it works really well. Yeah, collects. And it's the better than using a towel. Better than turning up a towel. It is better than using a towel. You got a plie, yeah. man. It's it's you got <laughs> it's a plie. Matt, I don't have to plie anymore. I can just stand in a comfortable position. <laughs> I will only plie when I want to. You won't be the one that tells me when I plie as an adult. <laughs> yeah. You know who else won't tell you when to plie as an adult? Manscaped. Uh, oh, I didn't have a line to read. <laughs> <laughs> And then I, I was going to say you can trim your own behind. Okay. But this is a ball shaving. You can. Act. Hey, yeah, it's I another mean. sensitive area where that ceramic blade is going to um, help reduce nicks and cuts, though. The Lawnmower 4.0 does include a grundle light. So if you do need to trim your own behind, <laughs> yeah. you could probably do that. My dad got the Weed Whacker, which is the nose hair trimmer, which I have used it on my nose because I prefer to keep hairs outside of my nose. And it was. Lovely. Yeah, I had a nose hair trimmer for a long time and I started using the weed whacker. And what I like, it's the design allows you like a lot of nose hair trimmers. They only go one way and you kind of like manage. You have to negotiate the right direction, go with the (laughs) grain. You know what I mean? I really like the design of the weed whacker because you just kind of jam it up there and just like kind of really do. It does the job. Yeah. It's basically just like a COVID test, but you just kind of, you know, yes. get a little less farther from your brain and just kind of <laughs> do it and it's done. But it's really comfortable. Uh, you don't feel it in there. Yep. You should try it. Yeah, yeah. Just, just try it. Yeah. Just do it. It doesn't feel like a COVID test, I promise. <laughs> no. Look yourself in the mirror and ask, is it in yet? With the Manscaped Weed Whacker, get 20% off and free shipping with the code debate this. All one word at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code debate this all one word unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped tm um the and it's probably worth saying the first issue ends with uh what is hank pym destabilizing reed richards particles with a gun incredible yeah. What a scene. Amazing. What, a, what, a, what an image which when you're watching iron man talk to hank pym and reed richards and you're like, we're the smartest people here right now. There's a threat. It could be any of us. I was like, oh, which one? Yeah. Is it? <laughs> which one? <laughs> um, this this did, and it, it happens whenever the fant- whenever I read something with the Fantastic Four in it. This got me hyped for Fantastic Four showing up in the MCU right. again because the Fantastic Four yeah. are so cool. They are. Sorry. I what got me hyped was I think what I've learned about myself this year is all I really need are different 
terrible macabre ways of Reed Richards getting melted. Well, yeah, yeah. Because I've got two very good ones in 2022. Well, and Reed and Reed Richards had a no good, very bad day in this whole run because not sure only did. does he get his molecules molecules destabilized after he says, "I think we can do this by identifying them," and he goes, "Oh, really? Blap." And then, his, uh, and then his intact eyeball falls like droops over his yeah. body and the thing that i was going to mention is that in the first two episodes or so because like again this is cold war turns hot war like like kyle said that they ruin everything that a scrawl version of um of the invisible Sue. woman you have Sue yeah. storm like rolls into their into the baxter tower and then launches the top half of the baxter tower into the negative zone like, yeah, opens just, a black hole to the negative yeah. zone. Buckwild. Anyway, not important, not important. So uh, I want to talk more about characters because that's what we're kind of doing right now. So just to throw some names at you, Abigail Brand, Jessica Drew, a.k.a. Spider-Woman, Ares, Norman Os- Osborn, Reed Richards. Basically, we get a whole cast of named characters playing huge roles that we've yet to see fully in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We've seen a Reed Richards. We don't have our Reed Richards. Um, <laughs> we also get characters like Edwin Jarvis, which is wild <laughs> to see old Butler, Butler Jarvis. Butler-ass Butler. Um, yeah. Captain Marvel, who at this point is Marvel, and mm-hmm. Tony Stark. Again, characters who we've had, but we don't currently have in the MCU, which to remind you, um, Marvel was in uh captain marvel the fighter pilot woman from space that was training brie larson um, yes and tony stark is dead is yeah. is he <laughs> spoiler we are led to believe yeah. <laughs> i thought i thought marvel was the was um the, jude law's the character Kree guy jude law that was no no novar was that his character that's who or, that or no it was it was novar is is now i'm confused M- no, Marvel is the scientist that Brie Larson and uh, Maria Rambo, whose actress name I can't remember. Um, Jan Rog. Jan Rog is Jude Law, the mm-hmm. old white lady who teaches Carol Danvers and Maria Rambo to fly fighter jets. Is Marvel? Marvel, yes. Um, anyway, so so my point is, we had a whole bunch of characters that like we don't have solid mcu references to or understanding of or even people in those bodies so my question for you all is just what did you think of the cast of characters that we had and the bits that you read and did you have any surprises or favorite moments and it is okay to just say that nerd reed richards getting destabilized <laughs> at gunpoint by by an unhinged tank pin. i'm pointing at ton uh, um well there was a lot and i have a bunch of notes but like i'm the one that read it i'm the one that read ahead and just did the whole arc um, I I was very t- thrown off by two Captain Marvels, um, mm. and I I was like, wait a minute, there are two Captain. That was before it's revealed that spoiler, Marvel is a, a potentially a sleeper agent. I don't know. Yeah, he's. I don't. This gets revealed pretty quickly, and I'll talk about yeah. it in my favorite moments. I don't think it's issue one, but it's at least issue three. And early. then there's also Marvel Boy, who is apparently like kind of bad. Yeah, I don't know about that one. That that's beyond me. Yeah, that one threw me for a loop. Um, because, because also in this canon, 
Captain Marvel. There's only one Captain Marvel, and it's not mm-hmm. Carol Danvers. Carol Danvers is Ms. Marvel, not mm-hmm. to be confused with Ms. Marvel. Kamala Khan. This is this is Miss Marvel in the time of Rogue taking powers from her. Like this is oh, yeah, this okay. is this okay. is that generation. Gotcha. I I think I knew that, but again, mm-hmm. like I I know that story, but I I think just being able to see the timeline. As right. a personal thing would have helped, but that's that's more of a me thing. Um, I know nothing about Jessica Drew. I know Spider Woman exists. Mm-hmm. End of story. I know nothing about Jessica Drew. Never heard of Abigail we're getting Brand. A movie soon, right? Isn't oh, Sony doing or isn't Sony doing uh, a Spider so Woman? Drew, movie? Jessica Drew is one Not, of those properties. Oh, that's that, Madame. That could, that's Madame, Madame Web. Web. Yeah. yeah, Spider yeah. Woman is just like a like a Maria Hill. Seems yeah. Like, right? She's she's a she's a Shield agent. Yeah. yeah. Or a sword agent. She's one of the one of the action agents. She's, she's related to Madam Web, though. Like Madam like yeah. Spider Woman. Madam Web is related to Spider Man and Spider Woman, but Spider Man and Spider Woman are not like connected super connected characters beyond the spider portmanteau in their name. Right. Um, so when she was brought into the my understanding, because back in like the, I hate that we have to talk about this with but but there had been a whole discussion of like what about spider-woman and the thought was she was introduced independent of spider-man yes as like an avenger before she was connected to whatever spider-man stuff was there so i don't know but she is i believe she is avengers slash shield first spider moniker second second yes um, um, just a couple other ones. I didn't. I don't know who Sentry is. That one was a new one to me. Yeah, Sentry is um, a, a super <laughs> Superman like guy. Yeah. Um, I've got the the cast of characters up here. Um, I like that they brought brought in the Thunderbolts. I, really? Oh, um, Hawkeye. I think it's important to point out Hawkeye shows up as both Ronan and Hawkeye, which is fun. Yeah. Yep. And also, uh, um, God, I'm not. I'm blanking on every single name. Young Hawkeye, baby Hawkeye. Uh, Kate uh, Bishop, Kate Bishop, Hawkeye yeah. is also here. So uh, in, like, it's all the Hawkeyes in the current in the current setting of this. He is Ronan. Um, yep. Kate Bishop is Hawkeye. They call her Hawkeye. But when that spaceship of like what seems to be mm-hmm. old Avengers roll up, it is Hawkeye. Yeah, Ares feels like a we wrote Thor out of yep. we wrote Thor out of the story, but we still need a Thor character. Um, here's. Here's great value brand you're, for t- until you're Thor more comes right back. than you know. Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and Wonder Man, Wonder Man is actually going to be a Disney Plus property eventually. Wonder Man is, uh, there's some tie to Wonder Man and Vision. Like Vision's mind was made after Wonder Man, but Wonder Man is an actor in the yeah. Marvel universe who also yeah. has superpowers. Weird. I just kept I, thinking that was Scott Summers because of the sunglasses. <laughs> I feel like we have a casting for Wonder Man Uh, there. So, okay, pushing my glasses up there had been in a Marvel movie and I forget which one there had been a poster about Tony Stark's the Tony Stark story. And I think Nathan Fillion was like the face of that poster. Good. That makes sense because Wonder Man was written into the first script of Guardians 2 cast as Nathan mm-hmm. Fillion at least mm-hmm. or maybe not by name Wonder Man but like whatever his um alias right. is was in Guardians 2 and then um in a rewrite got written out but mm-hmm. that was when I was super paying attention to every 
MCU headline and was like, M- right. Nathan Fillion written into going to play Wonder Man in in Guardians 2. Nathan Fillion no longer in Guardians 2. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. And the, your Ares bit is 100% right. Um, Ares, is, Ares is like bad Thor. Metal Thor. Yeah. This got me... Um, this got me really excited for like the potential for these characters, some of these characters to show up in the MCU. Um, like I feel like it's only a matter of time before we get Norman Osborn in, in the MCU somewhere. Um, Abigail brand is, um, I remember it was introduced in the Whedon run of X-Men, which I know Hmm. Joss Whedon is a, is a dirty word on these days, but, it's still a good X-Men run. Um she's a a so she's the Nick Fury of Sword basically in that and um with Sword now being an entity in the MCU, I feel like it's only a matter of time before we get Abigail Brand there. She's a mutant, so it might not be until after our mutant reveal comes. Um right. Again, I think we'll get Jessica Drew um in the post-credits scene of the Madam Web movie whenever however good or bad that is and um i loved seeing evil butler jarvis as well that was just Mm -hmm. just so good matt do you have thoughts on characters uh i mean a lot of the ones i had had been said but one of the biggest things for me was that we got both modern luke cage and power man in the first issue yeah uh, which is really awesome like i did like and he used his catchphrase. He's yeah. like, sweet Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> so the Luke Cage series has kind of settled in as my favorite of the Netflix series. Okay. And I really, really like Michael Coulter. And mm-hmm. I'm really excited that we are hopefully getting him back in the MCU very soon. Uh, and so, yeah, that was my biggest one outside of the ones that have already been said. I was just excited to see Luke Cage, and I really liked uh, him standing off with Tony Stark and basically saying, like, shoot me. You know it won't do anything. (laughs) Which is, like, just just the biggest dick move. Um, He does that that again later to Wolverine as well. He's like, try your claws on me. I have unbreak. You have unbreakable claws. I have unbreakable skin. Let's go, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really good. It rules. I love Luke Cage in that attitude. That just goes to show. I mean, like we obviously have a great time with superhero team ups, but sometimes you want to see superheroes punch other superheroes. Like it's just <laughs> fantastic. The so the moment that got me in this. So you already mentioned Norman Osborn. I loved seeing Norman Osborn here because this is not the unhinged Green Goblin. Norman Osborn. I think this is like. Yeah post his green goblin phase and this is more of i'm moving he, my chest he even pieces. says something at one point like i know a lot about ha- hearing voices or something like that yeah, like, yeah. oh this, yeah this, this is, is this is norman osborne's time is, to shine this is norman osborne is silently waiting and putting his norman osborne is running the thunderbolts and there's a scene when marvell like blows the windows off his building and like takes out a bunch of the thunderbolts and norman osborne's like hello i'm norman osborne <laughs> You just attacked my tower and ruined my team. I'd like to talk about that. Can I get you a drink? But like, he, yeah. and he talks him down. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. It's yeah. incredible. Like Norman yeah. Osborn's kind of the hero of this story. Um, well, 
I think we're only (laughs) kind of. I think think we're only four. I think that because this is 2008, Mm -hmm. and I think by the second Obama election, Mm -hmm. uh, Norman Osborn ran for president um, in the comics. He pulls a Lex Luthor and does the I'm a villain but also president thing. And then 2016 happens and ruins that storyline for comics he's forever. Mayor. He's definitely mayor yeah. for a while. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I had one other, I guess it was more of an Easter egg than anything, which I guess, you know, I'm the Easter egg guy. But uh, I forgot that in 2008 MCU canon, Stephen Colbert ran for president. Yes. <laughs> and yes. there is a kid in the yes. Baxter building in the first issue with a Colbert 08 shirt on. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of Stephen Colbert in this uh in this here run. We we've talked about this before and I was trying to remember what it was and I think I brought it up. Oh, it was in a Spider-Man comic, that's why. Yeah. It, it was our it was one of the Spider-Man episodes that we did and it was Stephen Colbert and a Spider-Man fights a bear along with Stephen Colbert or something. That's really good. Of course. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love that. Because <laughs> that was that was a that was the joke in the 20, 2008 election was like we were hot off we were hot off of well not hot off of, but like four years removed from the South Park um giant douche versus turd sandwich. So like mm-hmm. yep. that was that was still fresh in everyone's minds and everyone was like, I'm just gonna vote for John Stewart and Stephen Colbert in two thousand eight. And Marvel went ahead and did it. Ran with it. But then Marvel yeah, also yeah. had Barack Obama in an issue of Spider Man and that's I got too. it. It was the episode it was when I was talking about kangaroo. Kangaroo joined the Spider Man Revenge Squad along with Gibbon, Spot, and Grizzly. Grizzly, who appeared in that one issue featuring Stephen Colbert as president and Spider Man. Good. Yeah. Great. All right. Highs, lows, critiques, <laughs> and does this get you excited for Disney Plus's Secret Invasion? I want one point and then I'm going to shut my mouth. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> my, my biggest critique of Secret Invasion was I did not like the art style. I don't like this art style. Mm, okay. Um, I, I appreciate it. And I think like the covers are really cool. So they did this fun thing where they look like pulp comics from the sixties, like alien yeah. invasion comics, which looks really cool. Mm. The art style in the comics, just that very like hyper masculine kind of, but everybody has like weird, like Archie eyes. <laughs> like everyone's eyes are like very, like their eyelashes are very like hyper. Like I don't, I don't. Yeah. They're very angular faces, but their eyes are like big, big anime eyes with like extended eyelashes. It's very weird and very off putting. It's, it's very just like what comics were at the time. Mm. You know, we were moving out of the nine, you know, well, well past the nineties and early two thousands at this point, but not into like the twenty tens where things kind of got a little more realistic, cartoony, if that makes sense. Like when mm-hmm. you know where it's very clearly a cartoon, but it's not trying to do cartoonish proportions. It's just like this is how you draw a person in a yeah. comic book style and not like the super like yeah like you said like everything's contoured and everyone's got cheekbones and like yeah and eyebrow <laughs> muscles and like everything <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i weirdly enough did kind of enjoy the art style but that's just because i've been reading uh a lot of older comics like around the 90s mm. um 
Rise of the Midnight Suns arc, and I don't like that art style at all. So this was just like a nice change yeah. <laughs> to look at something modern, uh, which was cool. I have always been a sucker for big group team-ups, and so I like beginning issues of big crossover events because it's like, look at all these people that are here. Holy shit, it's so cool. Cons definitely for a first issue moves really fast. And I think to set up a spy thriller, I could have used a little bit more of a slow burn. You know, like I know most of what happens in this arc, but I've never actually read it. And I was pretty surprised that we were getting major scroll reveals by the end of the first book. I also did. I had that thought while I was, reading through two and three it makes more sense that this was only an eight issue run though like they didn't mm-hmm. have the time to do that um i guess a low i guess a low i would have is that i i think this would have done better as a longer arc i think than an eight issue run because mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's a spy thriller and like those take time and yeah you have like quadruple crosses and we have Right. Spy characters that like would have been cool to see do spy more like super spy things. Yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, Ta- it is a cold. Todd keeps saying it's a cold war turns into a hot war, but that cold war is like five pages long. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So I, I think like yeah, you definitely could have like the pacing was a little bit weird. I mean, it definitely was like we got to get to all the superheroes beating the shit out of each mm-hmm. other. Like that's what right. we got to get to. Um, they they did a good course. job partway through. The Scroll Queen does like a whole monologue where. She's like, you won't win this because we are already here and we've won. Like, you win wars because you count on your friends next to you to fight for you. You can't do that. Like, it's this really powerful monologue. And I think that's where, like, the switch flipped for me, where it was like, oh, they're like, they're doing it. Like, and and you're right, though. They couldn't do, like, build up, build up, build up because we needed to have superheroes punching superheroes as soon as possible. Yeah. Yeah. but I, I thought they at least did some good some good setup in that first one of being like, can't trust anyone. There's a problem. And then like Reed Richards getting his face blown away. You're like, oh, that's what we're doing. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. Um, I mean, by the end, like. Scrawl Jarvis kidnaps Jessica Jones and Luke Cage's baby. Yeah. Like there's yeah. a moment where where we all know that Jarvis is a scroll and Jessica Jones is like, I have to go help them watch our child and he's like i would love to and we're all yeah. like oh no yeah, right when he does yeah. the anime like he pushes up his glasses right. and then there's like a ping <laughs> right i will i will say some some behind the scenes stuff that i kind of remember from that time um civil war sold super duper well civil war was a very successful yeah. um arc for marvel and that's why like there are so many offshoots and like why it took a year to resolve civil war after civil war marvel went back to kind of struggling in comic book sales again and this was before they the mcu had started um this might have been right after iron man came out but like this was not a success very ironic (laughs) yes um but like this did not sell as well as civil war and that is like and things had not been selling as well as civil war for a while which is why they like go straight to the team up they don't take any of the time for yeah. build up they're like civil war sold well because it had was a big superhero team up 
write us another big superhero team up now. <laughs> and, right. like, and they're like, um, but we split all the teams up. We did that on... I don't care. We want to team up again now because it sold issues. And so like yeah. that's that's why we got what we got. Um, I'd be interested... There's a second secret invasion, right? Is there... I don't know. That I, I, thought, that I don't know. I thought th- I know that there's there's multiple secret wars. Secret there's wars like, is what I'm thinking. It's technically um, three, but we'll only like to talk about two. <laughs> I would like to see that's battle yeah. world though, right? Yeah, yes. battle world. It's a secret secret wars. I mean, there's like there's like I said, there's three, but secret wars two was so like you were just describing what happened with secret wars two. They were like, holy shit, secret wars one was so good. We need another secret wars, and they just like did it too quick and they're like never mind no a bail no. <laughs> and, and so the the 2000 secret wars is what led to battle world and it started with yeah. it started with time runs out which was going to be the assignment for this but because time runs out deals with all the incursions but it mm. is not chronicled in an easy issue by issue storyline like this is gotcha one, I like this. I like this a lot. I think that if you are someone who has wanted to read comics and you want to read these big stories and you don't feel as though you need to do a ton of homework to get into it, this is eight issues. It more or less gets you caught up. And from what you've heard from us today, you've got all the context. Um, there's going to be, I would say, 50 heroes that you're not going to recognize because there were at least 30 <laughs> that I didn't recognize. And you're going to be like, that's fine. I don't need to know that. What I will say is that this was a very interesting story that Marvel did at a time where they needed to explain why some heroes were being real assholes. And like you said, they don't want to deal with their consequences. So they restarted things in a way that wasn't a total retcon, but was like, Matt aliens. Now that guy, <laughs> that guy was a, an alien and he was a sleeper agent alien and he didn't even know here's the real one. Also t- captain America time bullet. It was a big thing. Readers were very mad that Tony Stark was such a, right. a dickhead. And, yeah, right. Um, they did that later better. They there's this mm-hmm. whole arc where Tony Stark does a soup like has a super villain arc, and it's rad. Um, mm-hmm. But oh, they cool. they weren't they weren't there yet. Yeah, was that was that Superior Iron Man? Yeah, Superior Iron Man. He, that's that's what he, they did that with like Superior Spider Man. Yeah, he takes a I think it's an extremist formula that mm-hmm. makes him super smart and he makes a formula that gives um everyone like regular people superpowers and um after everyone is hooked on having superpowers he's like great nope. you can keep your superpowers for 99 dollars a day a, uh, a subscription model <laughs> he does a subscription so model this. And he and he Good. like gives he gives Matt Murdock his sight back Aww. and then takes it away and in like Aww. a big villain monologue. It's look, a cool yeah. art. Look, I um, would I would ju- I'm just saying I would pay for the Tony Stark battle pass. <laughs> 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 you get a free skin every week. Yeah. Uh, this this made me really excited for Secret Invasion. Um, one thing that is really driven home here that I think is somewhat lost on us in the MCU is that Nick Fury is three steps ahead of everyone. And always has a contingency plan and is always the smartest, most prepared man in the room. And there's the dramatic moment where he shows up and they're like, holy shit, it's Nick Fury. And they're like, oh, that's right. He's a really, really big deal. And like there's a point where Maria Hill is about to die and she's like, no, I'm a life model decoy. 
Nick Fury yeah. told me to be ready for that. This moment doesn't matter to me. Yeah. It's so dumb and great. Yeah. And like, yeah. Uh, so I, I it, we haven't seen much from Samuel L. Jackson in a while, and I'm excited to like get a show where Samuel L. Jackson gets to be an untrusting spy. Like, yeah. I'm super into it. I was just going to say, we could get that because he's what? Ha- he's hanging out with the Skrulls now. So that could be part of his 4D chess game that he's yeah, playing. Yeah, he's, he's doing sword. I'm pretty excited. This, if you know, if Marvel does an okay job with with this storyline, I'm pretty pumped. And like I said, this has the potential to set up some other cool stuff. There was a rumor a long time ago that Matthew McConaughey was being looked at for Norman Osborn, and I just can't unsee that now. And I, I don't hate that. I, yeah, right. I like that a lot. Like a real smarmy, greasy dude yeah, steps in. Real smarmy, charismatic dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm curious what the D plus version of the, what the MCU version of this because this story is so far removed from anything right. that we have in the MCU. Yes. Like it's just I mean they've wrapped up Civil War, so they don't have that, and they've basically retconned the Skrulls and and made them completely different. Thanos Thanos did to yeah. si- to MCU Civil War what this did yep. for the comic Civil War. Like exactly. Well, so I think I think the thought is. The Kree Skrull War is still going on, and yeah. we've only seen a small portion of Skrulls that were like escaped. So That's I true. think that there's, I still think we're going to get bad Skrulls. Like you have to have shapeshifters. And I don't know what order it is, but I'm guessing that Secret Invasion comes after the Marvels. Um, I don't have the calendar ahead of it me does. because, like, okay, so that would, I'm guessing that the Marvels is going to set up Secret Invasion. Um, I, if I had to make a Hail Mary right now, since we don't have a Norman Osborn, unless somehow he shows up out of nowhere, that Secret Invasion is going to end with, like, launching up the Thunderbolts. Um, we won't have, like, the Thunderbolts will be, like, they'll get a good moment of saving the world, and they're gonna be like, those are our heroes right there. Those are the ones. You wanna know the dark thought I just had, Todd? What's that? Because we were talking about the... Um, extended cut of No Way Home being released in <laughs> What if they put Norman Osborn? No, uh, never like mind. not not Willem Dafoe, but uh, MCU Norman Osborn in uh, the extended cut, and we have to all go watch the extended cut so we know oh, who the they'll new never Norman do Osborn it. Is. They're too Sony, much. They're too cowardly. They'll Sony won't get it. another penny of my dollars until uh, Into the Spider Verse comes out. That's the next dollar they get from me. Until um, I have to give them a dollar. <laughs> until I have to. Uh, anyway, that's that's what I've got. As always, thanks for listening to Debate This. You can follow along with the arguments on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Debate This Cast, or on our website, debatethiscast.com. Thank you so much for your support as we try these fun experiments in podcasting and friendship. It's because of your support we're able to spend a little extra time on these sort of things. Candidly, this podcast has been a labor of love for the past five years, and we continue to do it for you, and of course, for the glory of our thick boy, Yoshi. Waiting to see if anyone else is going to... No, I was going to let you have that one. Let you dangle out there. I'm I'm going to leave that pregnant pause in. Oh, the most pregnant... Hey, until next time, I'm Todd Thomas. I'm Andrew... Pregnant pause, Henderson. (laughs) I'm Kyle, sweet Christmas Harper. And I'm Matt, Scroll Electra's missing left nipple, Cole. Oh. <laughs> and we'd like to say thanks for clubbing books with us. Clubbing books? <laughs>
<laughs> it's protected in some states. Ah! Okay, that's enough of that. 